All right, so it's a gloomy Friday in November. Under normal circumstances, Adrian and I would have been the only two people at Football Factory in downtown Toronto watching the typically fantastic clash that is Palace Newcastle. Uh, But it's 2020 and Football Factory is closed and we are in lockdown. So we had to sit at home and watch it. And what better way to spend a Friday afternoon than watching two of the most exciting teams in the Premier League do battle. Uh, Adrian, how's it going? I'm sure you're happy. We're also joined by Nick Gill, who's at his Playland hosting a private one of his private parties. Um, how are you feeling after that uh, 2-0 Newcastle win? Well, I thought Shelby right at the end was going to make it 3-0 with that free kick. Uh, good save from Goita. Um, so, you know, could have been a drubbing. <laughs> Uh, no, I, it, 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 yeah. it was like, it's a weird game. Uh, Palace really let it slip at the end to let in those two goals. Um, yeah, I was expecting a nil-nil. I really yeah. thought it was going to be nil-nil until the goal went in, basically. This is how these games go, man, every time. I have these vivid memories of us being a football factory. We're the only two people in the entire restaurant, and... It's nil-nil, nothing's happening. It's cagey, we're eating subpar breakfast food. You know, coffee that makes you jittery beyond belief. And then all of a sudden, whatever happens, I seem to happen every time, is Newcastle always has someone who knows how to finish, unlike Palace. And that person who knows how to finish ends up finishing. I mean, I, I would dispute that in terms of, like, who do we have that finishes besides Callum Wilson? And, like... I don't know. Anyway, Nick, what did Nick Gill, what did you think? Yeah, it's a Steve Bruce smash and grab performance. You know, <laughs> nothing, nothing more to say. That's uh, the most boring game of football I've ever seen since Burnley West Brom. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, but credit to Steve Bruce, he did play two strikers the whole game. He didn't, he didn't uh, do, he didn't go defensive in the last 10, 15 minutes. He didn't go bring on a midfielder or any of that. He, uh, you know, he, he showed uh, he showed some intent, and uh, yeah, it, it paid off. Notable, yeah. notable at the beginning in the pre-match interviews, uh, they asked uh, Steve Bruce. They put the question to him: "You and Crystal Palace have the two teams with the lowest possession in the league, so one of you has to have possession at least fifty percent of the time." <laughs> <laughs> minimum uh, that one of you must reach um and when they asked him like are you intending to go out and and take the game to which he kind of evaded the question yeah so he said well we're gonna do our best to play so i don't know if that's tactics you know he doesn't want to give away to a listening roy hodgson what newcastle have planned or does he just not have a plan I don't, it's 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 astonishing he didn't play five four one again. And let's be honest, if Saint Maxim was playing, he would have gone five four one, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he would have. But I mean, I I don't think you can argue that playing Saint Maxim in ahead of Joe Linton would be like negative in any way. Um, yeah. And and just among among Newcastle fans, I feel like Joe Linton is the club's personal bar in terms <laughs> in terms of conversation. Every comment thread is just about how Joe Linton is not performing and has never performed and doesn't seem to be very good, to put it quite generously. 
Um, but I think here, even without the goal, he did relatively well. He, he this had, is about as well yeah. as he's ever performed. He was key. He had a goal and an assist. That was the difference in the game. And the reason I say Newcastle always has a clinical finisher is because when you compare it to Palace, Callum Wilson is... I mean, I would love to have him on my on on the team. Oh, because now because, that we have Callum Wilson, yes, he's clinical. Yeah, but before yeah. that, I remember last year was Almiron scored his first ever goal for for Newcastle. We were watching it, and it was just a devastating, devastating moment. Um, once again, Palace proves that without Wilfried Zaha, they're absolutely <laughs> nothing. They can't do anything. You know, they've won two of their last seventeen games with when he doesn't play. So. One man team. One man team. The, uh, in the last five minutes, so what, what did you think though about the Van Aanholt? What, what was that? A shot or a cross? I still don't understand. What was? Could have won the game. Easy. Yeah, I mean it was a tap in for Batshuayi, but that I mean that always happens. That's what I'm saying. When you need someone, not saying that's Batshuayi's fault by yeah, any means. Quality. But you know, when you have a chance in that position, I feel like he was kind of, you know, of two minds whether to shoot or to, you know, pass across goal. And there's nothing worse than that. Was Bashway was Bashway on side though? I, I didn't I think see so. the replay that well. I think oh, so, yeah. God, that makes it even worse. Yeah. Even and I mean, I mean, a... maybe Darlow is in his head a bit because I know that you guys love to rag on Darlow, but he made a, a bunch of really good saves. And I, I kind of made a yeah. note that it, it looks like, it looks fun to be him. Like it seems fun to be a Newcastle keeper. Because it, it seemed like Palace got, you know, a number of good chances in good areas. Uh, but, you know, the man came up big a few times. That seems to be Dollar's the thing. The best. Better with... than Dubravka, right, Adrian? <laughs> nah, no, no, no. So, like, that's the thing with Newcastle keepers. Like, we, they've just been clinically, like, overworked. We just, like, grind them into the ground um, with poor defending. But, yeah, no, Darlow's been a – he's been a quality shot stopper, which is really – really been a surprise and like very important for us this year, but he's still tentative or, or not great on crosses. Like full credit, he does stop shots well. And that's like his main job, obviously. Most of the thoughts I have about the game, besides it being, you know, pretty your typical boring. Your typical um, KG. Without fair. without Sam Maxim or or uh, Wilfred Zaha, you knew this game was gonna be crap. No, exactly. But I, was, I, I was, was just no creativity. If Jeff Schlupp yeah. is your most attacking player on the field, uh, what is he, a left back? Yeah. A left wing back? Oh my God. Well, here, tough. this is one thing I wanted to talk about because most of my thoughts are about like individual players. And of course, being a Newcastle fan, there are mostly Newcastle players. But that's really interesting. How do you feel if you're uh, Benteke or more realistically, Batshuayi, who got yeah. stubbed on after Benteke? And you have Jeff Schlupp playing your position and doing a decent job. Yeah, I mean, he Jeff Schlupp hasn't been bad. He hasn't been bad in terms of creating. But, I mean, he's no Wilf, and no one is, apparently. And, yeah, I don't know. Roy Hodgson's just so intent on, you know, the style of play that he plays. You know, the negative football, very negative. You know, just your typical 4-4-2 with no – again, with no one who can, you know, finish clinically – and you, I guess you're just hoping that one of those two guys or both can, you know, take their, can grab their Belgium form. Uh, but, you know, they're, and, and I mean, the service wasn't great. I mean, Van Onholt had, Van Onholt, well, other than Van Onholt, the service was non existent and they both couldn't capitalize. 
What about Eze? He he, he should have taken good. this game by uh, he should have taken control of this game. He, he yeah, I know he tried to. He's trying. Uh, yeah, it's difficult because he's he's so young and he's so inexperienced, right? Like this is his first like few months in the league, and asking him to step into Zaha's shoes, you know, it's kind of an impossible. I mean, asking anyone to step into Zaha's shoes for that team is an impossible ask. Yeah, but I mean, so. yeah, I mean, they need someone to kind of take it over. There were yeah. there were stretches where he was the best player on the field, though. Yeah, he really yeah, did. Definitely. Well, I think Newcastle just sat back and gave him possession. It's like, come yeah. on, man, what do you got? Break us down here. Just two, yeah. two backs of four. But uh, and that's yeah, exactly that's Newcastle. exactly what happened because that's how Newcastle scored their goal goals. Uh, they were both on counterattacks, and it was it was the the center back pairing, the vaunted center back pairing of uh, Gary Cahill and Scott Dan, which weren't able to contain Callum Wilson and newly minted Brazilian Jolinton. <laughs> and I mean, we talk so Sacco. much about, yeah, we talk so much about Sacco. how Liverpool where is, where is Mama Sacco? Where's my boy? Why is he not playing anymore? He's injured or on? COVID or something. Not 100% sure. Oh, I, thought but... I saw him on the bench. He's on the bench, though. So... Yeah, I guess Gary Cahill has been so good that he's really good in the restart and good at the start of this year that I guess you have to put him in. But a man is yeah, ancient. And I guess Scott Dan is having a little bit of a resurgence, but he's nowhere where he was, nowhere near what he was a few years ago. Nick, if you need a, if you need another um, ex Liverpool player, Daniel Sturridge is available on a free. You want to? Uh, yeah, yeah, what's he doing these honestly, days? Honestly, why not? Yeah, yeah he's available. He's available. I think he um he just got done with the betting charge, so he was banned from yeah. FIFA for <laughs> he was banned from FIFA for six months. But he's good now. He's good. He's he's done. He's ready. Danny Welbeck's banging them in for Brighton, so why not? Yeah, I, I, I honestly for, uh, think. Sturridge. Just sorry, Adrian. You just got to pay hospital bill. Sometimes that's it. I yeah, I honestly think Surge wouldn't be a bad signing for Palace if they can get him to come for like reasonable wages. Yeah. Um, well, then again, I don't know. Like you, maybe you want to go in a different direction because this is sort of like what Benteke. But yeah. but I mean, Surge is pacier, right? So what? How does Hodgson like to play? He kind of has like the split forwards. Yeah, basically. Well, the game it, the game plan changes depending on who's up there because Ayu Jordan Ayu is the one who plays up there normally, and he he's really good linking up with Zaha and everything. But he's kind of on an island by himself. And then once Benteke comes in, it's you know play on the wings and then lump it into his head and hope he can get his head on it because Benteke with his feet is basically like me playing soccer, and you know can't really can't really do much of anything. So, and it's been this way for, it's been this way for so long. It's been this way for so many years. He just hasn't been able to have, find his, you know, form. Well, maybe if they, he's, his contract's running out. So maybe if you offer him another three years or so, it'll it'll work out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Um, but he, he did have one good like header, uh, quite a good chance. Like, yeah. Say from Darlow, that was pretty, yeah. uh, Pretty acrobatic, quick reflexes. Uh, he had another header that was comical. He wasn't yeah. came to him unexpectedly, and it, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, um, it's it's the same problems though. I mean, they need they need someone. And whenever I watch Patrick Bamford play, we were talking about this a few days ago. I just because he had a loan spell with Palace where he was the so ineffective. And I don't know if it's necessarily Benteke's fault, or I don't know if it speaks to just the way that Palace play, and they just have no one 
to serve these strikers. But if we only, you know, if you could get someone like Bamford who could really lead the line and really strike fear into the opponent's defense. Cause I really don't think that Jordan Ayu really strikes fear in, into the defense. And, and that, so they, you know, they could just focus on Zaha or Eze or Jeff Schlupp, <laughs> these amazing creators that they apparently have. Well, uh, for, forgive my ignorance, but how many goals did IU score last year? Because he was top scorer, right? He, he scored nine goals or something like that. Okay, so well, search it up. He was their player of the year, and he was really good. Yeah. But he's not – somebody has to score, right? Like, there's going to be yeah. goals. So nine it's not goals. like he's – Nine goals. Nine. Yeah. So, I mean – I mean, sure. Someone has to score. Better than Newcastle, like, <laughs> last year. Yeah, but this um, year they that's this is why I love Callum Wilson so much. And oh. this is why I think Steve Bruce did a really good job in the transfer market because they addressed the issues that they had. Yeah, Callum and, Wilson was uh was an absolute coup for Newcastle. Yeah. Such yeah. a big a big pull. And it's almost like the big clubs forgot about him because he had one bad year. But yeah, he's been very consistent for Bournemouth uh for the most part. And you know, you'd think he was linked with Tottenham, I think, and it's almost a surprise he didn't go there. Exactly. He probably wanted more game time, but yeah, I mean, you talk about Spurs doing a title challenge. Like Wilson could have been important in that, even if we were we were talking about England, hmm. and he his name got mentioned among the guys who could feature on the bench for England. So, yeah. and that, and that's so much so much of the game is that ability to just take a chance. Right. And if there's someone there, you know, sometimes you only get one chance, especially in these palace, Newcastle games where it's all, it's, it's basically <laughs> one chance, you know, it's not this free flowing attacking style that we're so used to watching. It's these cagey battles and it's in the midfield and guys are pulling each other and guys are, you know, crossing it into the 10th row and there's free kicks. It should be penalties. And there's, you know, what else boring stuff between these football lifers. Right. So it's one chance. It's one opportunity. And ca- Callum Wilson will finish more than Benteke or clinical or yeah, yeah exactly. He's clinical. clinical. And that's yeah, a, what you need in these games. As a Newcastle fan conditioned to see him one-on-one with the keeper and, and Guay just got a good position thinking, Oh, he's, he's going to miss, but then he puts it right through his legs and it's yeah. just a, a very solid, uh, clinical quality yeah. finish. Exactly. You know, you know that finish. I thought he took an extra touch. I'm like, Oh, he's messed up. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it was his weak foot as well. It was his left foot. But that just shows you, like, you, you get what you pay for. Yeah, like, boys, I, I, don't, I don't want to be too optimistic here, but I think Callum Wilson could push us right up to 12th. <laughs> I think I think we could make it this year. <laughs> the, uh, but did you hear, uh, I was hearing at halftime, the, uh, was it the commentator or the co-commentator? They were like, yeah, Newcastle, we should push him for the Europa League. I was like, what, what, what did he just well, they say? I'm be. like, do you know your manager? Like... <laughs> They yeah. should be as in like, I mean, that's like the typical like, oh, it's, it's got, they got a big stadium. They've got such loyal fans. Uh, they should be like, you know, it's more of a scale club kind of thing. They do have a solid squad, though. I, I, I do like, you know, they have good players. And again, you're talking about Wilson, but in this particular game, it's the difference. That was the difference in the game is literally having someone who could put the ball in the net. It just feels. Palace just don't really have that. No, but like with Newcastle, it feels like sometimes the team is less than the sum of its parts somehow. It's, they're <laughs> just, they, they don't play very well, but 
one thing I, I liked at the beginning because I hear these things sometimes where you know pundits or commentators are like, oh, people are coming around to Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce is doing a good job. And like copy and paste rapid tactics. He copied well, yeah. yeah. I know, right? But like I I'm kind of starting to starting to come around because my prediction was like, okay, eventually Rafa's tactics and and his like the way he drilled into the defense is going to wear off, right? That structure that he implemented is only so much that it'll perpetuate itself. Eventually these players are going to sort of decline and, and forget that and just slip off into bad performances, but they've done okay. Yeah, They were abysmal, so terrible and very fortunate with their attacking last year. But as we've been talking about, now we have a striker who can actually score. Uh, two, if you count John Linton, which you probably shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> don't uh, don't forget Dwight Gale. He only pops up against fucking Liverpool, eh? Piece of shit. Yeah, That's Dwight Gale is just such a strange player that he can only seem to score in the championship. Prolific scorer in the championship and can't buy a Premier League goal. Uh, just, I don't know. I don't know. He needs to find whatever league is is exactly partway between the, the skill level there. By that's the way, why, yeah, that's you why you bring where, guys like Wilson. You know where Callum Wilson's born, right? Where? Coventry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, same with James Madison as well. That's, uh, they're two of oh. Coventry's best uh, in, uh, exports. So uh, take care of my boy, yeah, Callum Wilson. Fucking love oh, that yeah. guy. That's, God, we uh, need him. You know, you know what's crazy yeah. though about the Bournemouth? Bournemouth. They, pay, they sold Callum Wilson for 20 and they bought Dominic Solanke for 24. And no, no one wanted Solanke, so now he's in the championship. I think he's got like four Languishing. goals in like ten games. Wow! And, uh, and uh, yeah, and now you know what's funny? We sold Rian Brewster right to Sheffield for mm-hmm. twenty-two million. I think they're going to get relegated. <laughs> I think we've just relegated Bournemouth and Sheffield back to back. These guys, we 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 sold them on a striker that is going to. Uh, they they thought they were going to score about fifteen goals or something. Brewster's crap. He's, he hadn't even made one Premier League appearance in Liverpool, and we got 22 million for him. You know what's crazy? We we uh, we implemented a buyback, by the way, which we're definitely not going to trigger. Because <laughs> he but, was uh, Brewster was good with the U21s, right? Uh, well, he's but he 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 uh, he popped off in the Championship last year with Swansea. Right. But right. what I mean popped off, I mean like eight goals in like 20 games. So it's one in every two. But uh, Michael Edwards, mate, that's our guy. He just continues to make these uh, amazing uh, deals happen. But uh, yeah, that's uh, good for you, though. Good for you. I'm happy for you, Adrian. You, could, you deserve yeah. a bit of happiness, especially with that failed Arab takeover, right? That's, oh, uh, yeah. By the way, that still has legs, by the way. Eh? It's still got legs. They're taking it to court. Yeah, I I didn't really look too much into like what the court case is. Is it then to like overturn the Premier League's decision, or is it just to be like? No, well, it's to overturn the Premier League's decision because uh, um, you know Derby County got taken over by the Sheik, who owned, who's also another yeah. cousin uh, yeah. of the of the Newcastle owner and the Man City owner. The, right. These guys, these guys got uh, huge red flags with them. They got a lot of red tape, like yeah. uh, with humanitarian. The EFL welcomed these guys with open arms. They're like, yeah, we don't give a shit what you, what you did in your past. <laughs> they'll they'll, uh, they'll accept a bit, uh, anyone. So that's why with the Premier League, how can the Premier League then say no? But EFL said it gave the green light. That's uh, That'll be interesting to see. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the weird thing. It's like so obviously not about human rights and quite clearly about uh, TV rights. Because it's just the, the pirated streams that, that the you know Saudi Arabian government is linked to 
that that seems to be the main concern, which is just, Saudi Arabia versus Qatar, right? Is that yeah? Is that, that, yeah. And there was there's whispers of that. I haven't heard anything like I haven't heard anything like substantial, but people throwing out there like, is this like some some geopolitics in the Middle East that the Qataris trying to stop the Saudis from entering the Premier League? I mean, I as far as proxy wars go, it's pretty okay <laughs> if it's just football yeah. teams. I mean, yeah. and then. And then you have the exact opposite happening in Wales with a consortium led by Ryan Reynolds, of all people, taking over Wrexham. What the hell is up with that? that guy just I can't wait to see that movie. Apparently they're making a documentary about it. It's oh, going to really? be amazing. Yeah. Uh, that's, how, that's how he's going to make his money back, eh? Sell, sell it to Netflix or Amazon. <laughs> yeah. <That's>, uh... <laughs> I knew that oh, guy had a tip up his sleeve. Whose balls did I have to fondle to get my very own movie? I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Dad? Joel Linton, Joel? I've never seen him just hit the ball, like, with any power. <laughs> like, he always seems to, even if you look on YouTube at his goals that he scored for Hoffenheim, there's no pace in his shots, ever. I'm a little bit confused as to what he does well to be honest. I mean, like watching him play, he does a lot and he's kind of always around, but just, Back you know, to my, trades, master of nothing. Yeah. Like to, to, to my naked eye, uh, he occasionally really decipher he, what he's good at. He has like occasional, like decent link up play, but, but beyond that, and you know, he did a, He did a good job battling it out in the air, like as a central striker. But that's like not his position, and not what he's good at. Like right. he's never going to score goals as a lone striker. Um, but he put himself about last year. Uh, just wasn't particularly good. Wasn't good enough. Well, you guys have Callum Wilson, and that's the difference. And that'll be the difference. That'll be the difference for you for the season. It'll be the difference for Palace Newcastle matchups until Palace can find someone who could also score. And when that day happens, we will all be happy. Uh, moving on, since we have Nick Gill here, uh-huh. Liverpool losing to Atalanta in the Champions League with their C team. Uh, any comments, concerns, questions about that? Uh, no, not, not, no comment really. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> nah, it was uh, we were uh, we were completely gassed in that game. We we had no energy. It wasn't uh, it wasn't the best. And uh, Klopp, uh, Salah, and Mane, he's going to get um, well. Mane especially, he's got no energy left. And uh, okay. I don't know. We should have just gone all out because if we won that game, then we could have played the kids for the next two games. But the thing is, we've let Ajax and we've Ajax and Atalanta are only two points behind us. Mm. Right. It's next Tuesday, but uh, I don't know. It's uh, I'll just let's just pretend that game off a break. Even <laughs> it was uh, I can't even explain it. There was one shot in ninety minutes on and off the target. But it was a weird, weird game. Atalanta deserved it. Yeah, yeah. That that group is. I was looking at the standings, and that group is a bit hairy for you guys. Yeah, we should have we should have just uh, we should have just played everyone. Jota, I don't know why we're resting Jota. That's uh, just playing. That's uh, oh, we're resting him for Brighton, really. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. They're not even. It's not even like they're playing anybody really 
scary this week. Debo Corrigi played, and for it's like he's never played in his like we're talking about Belgium strikers here. Yeah, at least at least Benteke has has the strength. It's his aerial ability. Bashwai, yeah, he's a he's got that. He's a clinical finisher occasionally. Origi, fucking hell! I think he's like Jolington. I don't know what you see is. We here's the thing though: Liverpool fans are very loyal. We're very loyal. Right. Like, we, we, we still we still going about it. We still praise our 2005 uh, Champions League winning team, you know. But the thing about Origi is he great such great memories for us. We should have sold him in the summer. Mm. Liverpool, some Liverpool fans are like, oh, he no no for what he's done. But that's the thing: we've got to be ruthless, like the Real Madrids and the Barcelonas. As, if you're not, if you, as soon as you hit that decline, you've got to get rid of him. And I don't know why Origi was even playing. And um, even uh, Minamino, Minamino should have played. It was uh, yeah. yeah, someone like that. But I don't know. It's uh, you're right though. We let that group. That group is tricky because yeah. Ajax at home. These <laughs> they're, they're a good team. It's, this ain't some. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, they're, they're not some scrubs from from fucking Hungary, are they? Or Romania? <laughs> and so is Atalanta. Atalanta's, yeah. I feel like they're so criminally underrated, but that was, I, I saw it was Liverpool's first loss at home by two goals and a clean sheet or something since the Klopp took over. So that was like something, I know they were playing, they weren't necessarily playing their strongest team, but still that was something that, you know, no other team has been able to do. And Atalanta yeah. walks in there after getting hammered in the reverse leg and that's what's even more strange about it. That's what's yeah. even more strange. It's like you you got the Jota scored a hat trick against him. Mane and Salah, he's the five goals amongst the four, the four, three. Just play him again. Yeah. The, 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 the Atalanta's deep. They don't play any defense. Atalanta. They play three five two. They don't. Their defenders aren't that good. They just rely on that, that Papu Gomez guy and that, that Illich guy. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we let we let him off the hook, and now we're gonna have to go to the last game. So uh, the, the the sixth game, I think, and then we have to go to um, Liverpool. Not even allowed in Norway against that team. So that's is it Midgi- Midgieland? Yeah, Midgieland. So we have to go to wow. Dortmund for the sixth what a crazy game. Year. That's uh, yeah, but at least we're going to bloody Cox Stadium, eh? That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's really But the advantage. thing is, what Liverpool Liverpool never do. They never win the group. In the last two years, mm-hmm. we never win the group. Uh, in the in the uh, eighteen nineteen, we've played. Um, who did we play? I think we played um, Bayern Munich in the round of 16. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, give me a break for Christ's sake. And and uh, last year, who, I can't remember who were in the, uh, who did we play in the group? Oh, yeah, it was the Leipzig. It went right to the last uh, last game with Leipzig. Yeah. That was when Haaland and Minamino were playing. We, were playing we needed to uh, avoid defeat in the last game. Um, or we would have gone out. Wow. <laughs> we would have got knocked out. Napoli, I think Napoli, or I can't remember who won the group. But this year, we won three out of three. I'm like, oh, God. At least uh, the group's over. That's fine. The relief's over. We're not going to have to go. And then one loss. That's uh, now it's back all up. We got to we got to go all out now. And uh, injuries are killing us, man. Yeah. So do you uh, think fucking though... Tiago now? Tiago's injured again. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> do do you nervous. think uh, Pool like have to Sorry, prioritize Adrian, the? Do you think Liverpool then should be prioritizing the league? Like, is that maybe where the resting comes from? Yeah, yeah. You know, the Premier League, Premier League is more important than Champions League because uh, it's it's weird for us because we Liverpool fans we we grown up watching the Champions League. We never win the Premier League. It's different now because the Premier League is there for the taking. Let's just win four or five games. We'll have a five to six point gap over Tottenham, Man City. I still think they're the biggest threat. That's all. That's the gap I'm looking at. And right now it's eight points. 
right. Chelsea and Tottenham, they will fade. They, they, yeah, they're, they're mm-hmm. easy fixtures. If, if we continue... Remember last year when we beat Man City in November, we were nine points clear. We beat them 3-1 at Anfield. And um, I, everyone said the league's over. Yeah, right? was, uh, I remember that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're eight points over City, but if uh, I don't know, that's the that's the um, the gap I'm I'm more interested in. Mm-hmm. And as long as everyone stays fit, minus Van Dijk and Gomez, I think um, Man City are the threat. That's, mm-hmm. uh, I can't wait to I can't wait for Liverpool to play Tottenham. Oh God, I want to I want to end that hype train. Fucking they annoy me. That's uh, well, while we're at it, I'm just gonna uh, hope Alex Arnold takes Son out as well. Fucking injuries into the season. That's. Uh, <laughs> Um, but, uh, hey, did you boys hear about Luca Dinia on Everton? Oh, I saw he got injured. Yeah, brilliant! What a what a fucking day yesterday! Eh? I love it. That's uh, that one. He's the one rat on that team. I hate. I despise. So you know what's funny about this? This is this is instant karma. Do you know? Do you remember that Richarlison tackle on Thiago? That horror tackle almost broke his leg. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? So Luca Dinia yeah. puts on Instagram. I don't know if you saw it. But he was trying to wrestle with the referee playfully about the red card. And he made a joke about, oh, Richarlison, I was trying to not get you sent off. And he, like, he was mocking the, the tackle. Is it, isn't that funny now that he's out for three, two to three months? Eh? Also, oh, I'm going to forward it to uh, you on the, on the chat. But, uh, on the soccer group chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, th- he, thought he'd be, he thought he'd be slick and clever. And that, that's funny. That's uh, the, the one. Ra- I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I don't know if you remember when Maguire did that tackle on Dinia uh, a few weeks ago. Almost, almost took him out again. That's, uh, that's why I'm never calling him the fridge again. Maguire earned my respect. He almost. Uh, I think he caused Dinia's injury as well. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, exactly. You, well, you, you, know, you know when they're not a threat, right? Man United are a threat. You can actually cheer for him for once, say, uh, Maguire and Fernandez. I'm, I'm not calling him Fernandez anymore. It's all right. He, yeah, after I'm, slaying Everton, he's he's on my respect too. I'm good. That's it. <laughs> I don't have that luxury of cheering for Man U because it looks like right now we're competing with them for 12th place. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> we need Oli to win though. We need Oli to win so he stays in the job at least, right? You know, we, we, oh, we don't want a top manager. Go- yeah, so we can cheer for him for a bit. And what's really amazing is that this is exactly what Dad said would happen. Yeah, Dad was right. I know, kids. I'm scared, too. All right, so now it's time for another one of our super unique and original ideas. It's only the finest unique and original content that you'll find on a a soccer group chat podcast. Uh, It's prediction time. And uh, since Nick Gill is here, uh, the man practically lives on Bet365. Uh, so he is going to throw us, you know, a couple games and Adrian and I, without thinking, without reading anything, without doing any research at all, we're just going to pick what we think the outcome will be. We're going to go very right. nuts here. First game, Port Vale versus Leighton Orient. Oh, I think Leighton Orient's got this. Okay. okay give me Port Vale, yeah. Port Vale 2-0. Okay. Yeah. I think it's going to be 2-1 two, Leighton Orient. All right. That's on Bolton versus Southend. I haven't heard about Bolton. I haven't heard about Bolton in a long time. Do they? They're still around, eh? They almost, they almost died. They almost went into administration. Yeah, Nick, this waffling. Everyone sees through this. We know that you're just trying to go over your head. I think. (laughs) Okay, okay, yeah. I was trying to pull up game notes. Uh, Give me Bolton. Give me Bolton. Cliftonville versus Portadown, Northern Irish Premier League. 
Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say a big three nail win for Cliftondale. Excellent prediction. Bookie favorites. I'm, I'm going with Nick. draw. Five to one odds. Good try, Nick. Not going to work. Next game: Sassola versus Inter Milan. Inter. Give me Inter with that. Yeah, I'll take I'll take yeah. Inter, Inter as well for a three-one uh, win. Messi's Inter, next team. Yeah. Interesting. This one's a very close game. Colchester under twenty-threes versus Cardiff under twenty-threes. Mm, uh, Colchester. I think Colchester will will do the upset here. And is, do Card- one, no. is Cardiff a bigger city than Colchester? I think it is. So I'm going to go with Cardiff under twenty-threes. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. That's uh, uh, FA Cup first round. Gillingham versus Exeter. Exeter. Newport County. Oh, sorry, Adrian, go ahead. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, I'll I'll take Gillingham. I'll say I'll say one nil Gillingham. Interesting. And uh, Harrogate Town versus Blackpool. Is this Blackpool. our last? Is this our last one? I want to make sure that it's it's that I. Okay, I'll go with I'll Harrogate go Town after. just to. Just to be opposite, I will take Harrogate Town. Okay. I'm doing and then, 2 0 Blackpool. 2 0 Blackpool. Good prediction, Adrian. Thank you. Former coach by uh, one of Jurgen Klopp's former assistants, Blackpool Town. So uh, they're going to win. Last game, the main event on Saturday in the English Premier League West Brom versus Sheffield United, 19th versus 20th. I think, I think Sheffield United will win. I think they'll win 1 0. I think West Brom will build on their performance against Man U, where they should have won, and West Brom is going to take this one and jump out of the relegation zone. Brilliant. Ryan, Ryan Brewster to score. So what do we do with this? Should we we'll tabulate this over the course of the year, and at the end, maybe we'll have a, a prize or something. If any of our listeners have any ideas or any of our other recurring guests who are also our listeners have any ideas, then, uh, uh, you know, we could feel free to toss out any. Uh... I feel like we have more guests than listeners, to be honest. <laughs> that's okay. That's the hallmark of our, that's the hallmark of our unoriginality and more guests than listeners. That is what every, that is what you want to strive for with every, you know, podcast that you do. So that's what right. do we do with these predictions? Is it so... What's the scoring? Is it like two points for exact, one point for a correct result, and zero points if you if you lose? You lose. No, what you should do because they're unknown games. I think three points for the correct result, and uh, I think two points for uh, no three points for a perfect result, and uh, maybe two points for the correct, and then uh, zero for the wrong. Something like that. You want to do Premier League? The other yeah, one? Yeah, Prem as well. Brian, Brighton versus Liverpool. I'm going L- with uh, Liverpool. 3-0 Liverpool. Yeah, that's kind of without question. Score, I'm going to do 3-1 Liverpool. Nick? 1-0 Liverpool. All right. Diego, uh, Jota, Diego, Diego Jota with the goal. I appreciate that. That's, uh, he's the best. That's uh, Man City versus Burnley. I say 2-0 Man City. I'm going to say one each. Oh, wow. Yeah. Put money Six. on that, Adrian. They're nine to one for a draw. Six nil city. All right, Nick, relax. They've only got eight goals in nine games. Let's not go crazy already. Yeah, but every team uh, needs that jumping off point. And this is Yeah, city. Burnley's not the team, all right? They got Tarkowski and Pope, you know what those are fucking guys are. They're tough as nails. That's yeah. uh, that's on. Everton, uh never Neverton versus uh Bielsa's team. I'll say uh two I'll actually go with uh I'll say two two. Yeah, I was gonna say two two as well, so I'll I'll jump on that score. I'll go with 2-0 Everton win. Really showing what I know with these predictions. 
Southampton versus Man United. I'll say one-one. Remember they're playing in they're playing at St Mary's South Coast. Are they one of the teams that get fans back? Um, not that it not, really matters because it's week. so little, but maybe I think everyone gets stolen stolen. from Burnley. It's ten. It's you're ten stalling. It's you're stalling. Okay, these ones. These ones we could we could discuss a bit more. Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. Uh, let's go with. I th- I'm going. I'm jumping on the Sa- Southampton train. Two one. Two one. Danny Ings if he comes back, which I don't think. Che Adams. Che Adams. Che Adams is going to score two goals. Perfect. I think uh, motivated by uh, you know mid-table rivals Newcastle will spur Man United on to a two-nil <laughs> win. Interesting. Okay. Game of the week: Chelsea Tottenham. I'll say, uh, you know what? I say nil-nil. That's a safe, safe bet. Yeah. It. it always seems like these, you know what? It always seems like these, you know, big games like this have, like the Palace Newcastle game today, you know, they have so much promise and then uh, it just ends up being nil nil. So I'm going to say, I'll say 2 1. No. Yes. 2 1 Chelsea. And mm. my fearless prediction is that Spurs are going to have the, a 1 0 lead going into like the 77th oh. minute. And then oh, okay. Chelsea's going to score twice and dash Spurs' hearts. And our who, special. Who, who's going to score though? Who's going to get the winner? Timo Werner is going to score one after I dropped him from my FPL team and then he started playing well. And then Abraham. <laughs> Abraham's going to come in with the winner. Or it's going to be someone like Kurt Zuma from a header that's going to oh, send okay. that Tottenham's corner of London into absolute spiral and then make our surprise guest next week, who is a Chelsea correspondent, very, very happy. <laughs> I'm I'm going for uh I'm going for a Mourinho. Mourinho is going to school his old uh, his old player with a a one nil win. It's going to okay. be who's, a to watch and uh, break away. Who's going to score the winner? Uh, I think it's going to have to be Son. Hmm. Not Dad. Uh yeah. <laughs> Son out though. Okay, and then uh, Sunday's late game. Arsenal versus Wolves. And Big looking Wolves at that, I've already got my. That's another nil-nil. I'll be surprised if they're even a goal in that game. Yeah, I feel like I haven't watched enough of Arsenal this year. So, and I have watched a bunch of Wolves. So, what, let's go one-nil Wolves. Raul, who met him at the Emirates. Still. Yeah. <laughs> I also put one-nil Wolves. Interesting. Let, uh, well, who's going to get the winner then? Raul Jimenez. Well, uh, I think uh, Jota is going to do double duty. He's going <laughs> to. No, uh, I don't know. I was going to say Jimenez too, but I'll say I'll say Traore. Traore, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's do Fulham. Um, oh. Well, we are really. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, the Mon- I was looking. The Monday games are all right. I'm going with Leicester. Yeah, I'll have to stick with my guys. I'm going to go Leicester. Fulham are crap. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, I think three clinical three three no. That's uh, that's uh, yeah. What are you thinking? What? Hey, you see the Fulham though, the penalties saga that keeps going on in that team. Oh my god! Mola. Did you think that? Did you see? You no, know, but did you see the one after that though? Oh, look, look, not Lookman's. Was it Lookman? <laughs> no, it was I? Th- who was it? Christ! I think was it Loftus Cheek. He he slipped and hit his right planting foot on his left foot. Skyed off the. <laughs> Did you see that? I saw no. it. Yeah, it oh, wasn't no. Loftus Cheek. 
oh Christ, I don't know who it was, but my God, there's someone. That's uh, great. When was the last time you saw that though? You you hit it with your right foot, but then you you slip and hit your standing <laughs> left foot, and I was like, Jesus Christ. Mitrovic missed one. Uh, Lukman missed one. The guy who played on Sunday missed one. So, yeah, you know, you know what's crazy? Why is Tom Kearney not taking him? He's he's actually a very good striker. Yeah, ball. I don't I don't good. get it. He should have been the first guy. That's uh, but but you know what's crazy though? Why they're going to get relegated? Mitrovic. He should have said, "Listen, let me take the penalty. I'm uh, let yeah. me redeem myself." He it's like he he deferred it. And I was like, "Wow, okay." Gotta be assertive. You guys are going down. You, you, know, you think uh, if. Mitrovic did anything, it would be assertive or aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> Not passive. <laughs> Crazy, man. That's, uh, he, he doesn't, yeah, he's, wait, wait till January. He's probably handed a transfer request. That's, uh, Palace, that's please. Anyways. Last game, last game. West Ham versus Aston Villa. Oh, I didn't, say, I didn't uh, say my prediction for Leicester. Huh? I, I didn't say my oh, prediction sorry, for Leicester. Uh, to be different, I said 3 1. I think Mitro will get one. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I'm going, going with a I'm going with a Vardy brace. Then the, the last one, West Ham versus Villa. What are you thinking? Is this not one of the more intriguing games? When I saw it, I'm like, man, I don't know about like the claret color. It's too much claret for me, but it's a good game in terms of uh, you know players on the field and everything. Uh, man, it's difficult. I'm gonna go with Villa. Villa, right? That's and I'm gonna say two one. Two one, all right. It's uh, and West Ham are in form, though. Yeah. They're in form. Yeah. Five four one. They can. Uh, Moise is doing. Moise is actually doing pretty good. Doing work. Yeah, that's uh, West Ham. They um, I don't know what. I think, I think what what position are they in? They keep winning games. Mm, yeah, they've won a few. <laughs> they they they're a nightmare for. It's like five four one, but he doesn't play five four one. He plays. It's like a three six one with his wing backs. They uh. That Kufal guy, that that guy on the wing back, the right guy, the right mm. back, he's he's got like four assists already. He's like a he's like a, a, a Eastern European Trent Alexander Arnold. Yeah. yeah. So we have this. It's the battle of seventh versus eighth. Oh, so, the seventh. Okay. That's yeah. Uh, uh, I'm I'm gonna go. Uh, I don't like Villa, so I want them to lose. So I'll, I'll go with the two 0 West Ham. You know what? The funny thing is, uh, you're playing Newcastle, Aston Villa. You're, they're playing next Friday. Oh so yeah. Villa only have four days recovery, where well, you guys have uh, seven, six. That's interesting. Wow. Two days extra rest. Yeah. Uh, okay, brilliant. We're gonna roll all the right. predictions. That's uh. Hey, who's favorite to win the Premier League right now? If you have to pick right now, you have to put your money on it. Who would you pick? But Liverpool still, after seeing them against Leicester. Next, Spurs are in the conversation, I think, but Liverpool are still, I think, uh, the heavy, heavy favorites. I think I don't think you can't even, you know, even without Van Dyke, even with their injury scuffles and everything, you can't count out the champs. Enrique to Maradona, different class. So seeing as this is a soccer po- Okay, wait, actually, never mind. Take two. So those are our uh, very original, very accurate predictions. Uh, next time we'll go over them and, you know, see how we did. 
Uh, and since this is a soccer podcast, even though, you know, we're three young guys, we'd be pretty remiss if we didn't talk about uh, the passing of one of the legends of the game, Diego Maradona, at uh, the age of 60, I think. You know, even though maybe we never really had the chance to really actually watch him play a game, I think every single, you know, football fan there is at least knows the name and knows a bit about him and what he did. And we all kind of knew that, you know, he lived a turbulent life and he had all these health issues and maybe drug problems. But we also knew that the man was a genius on the pitch. And, you know, despite everything, it's a sad loss. And, you know, the world kind of stops, uh, you know, especially Argentina and especially Naples. Um, so I'm just wondering, you know, what you guys kind of think about, about that. And, uh, you know, I guess kind of comment on the impact that maybe he's had on you, if there is any. I think for me, one of the bigger things is you always hear him in the conversation of like, who is the greatest ever? And for me, I always think like, oh, like maybe Leo Messi, but that's obviously someone who's grown up, you know, in this generation watching soccer. Um, my dad, who is a little older than Maradona was, he was always very staunchly, oh, Maradona was the best. Even, you know, Ronaldo Messi, obviously greats right up there, but Maradona was the best. Part of it being like, you know, back in the 80s, they could just kick you. Yeah. Like, uh, like you had to be strong and quick uh, a bit more. Couldn't dive. Yeah, that's funny, Adrian. He talked about your dad. You know what my dad said? He said he's a cheating bastard. That's what he said. <laughs> you know, I don't think you'll ever forget the 86 World Cup about the handball. And uh, I think what infuriated him more was that solo goal he did after. <laughs> and that pissed him off even more. Just knocked him out of that. But, yeah, I was just reading uh, what Peter Shilton uh, talked about as well. I said, uh, remember the goalie, Peter Shilton? Mm. He said, uh, yeah, one of the greatest talents ever, but his sportsmanship, blah, blah, blah. Fucking Suarez does this every week. So <laughs> it's just the, he did it in a World Cup. Yeah, you're right, though. He, uh, in the time he played and got kicked, imagine him playing now with VAR and the ref and all the favorable call. He would have killed it. But, uh, mm. He will go down probably. It's him or Pele. It's a toss-up. It's, uh, the thing about Maradona is, he, not, he did it for his country, but he had a great club career. Like he, he led Napoli to two Serie A titles. Yeah. And in the 80s, in the 80s, the, uh, Italy was the best league. It was very yeah. competitive. So uh, Pele, Pele um, he won three World Cups for his club career. I think he, what did we play in America and stayed in Brazil. So he was kind of like, a, it's, uh, it's hard to explain. But Maradona, though, you could make it great. He's the greatest. But uh, yeah, he didn't think. He, yeah, and the thing that made him so good is he was so controversial. That's it. That's what, that's what makes him uh, even more of a legend in my eyes. That's uh, he, he didn't give a shit. I love it. That's uh, I heard. Did you see the article though? He's got six kids, and apparently, I think what is it, three or four more that are still saying he's my dad. So uh, the the uh, the will, the the Maradona will. Let's just say it's going to be in courts the next few years, fighting for uh, all of his uh, his assets. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize because I, I, there is an HBO documentary uh, that they made about Maradona and his life and everything. And I, I watched it just because I wanted to learn a little bit more, I guess, about, you know, the legend. And I didn't realize, you know, I knew about all the, the issues and stuff. And kind of like that's the image I had in my head, just, you know, being from this generation and, and you know, listening to what people have said. But, you know, I didn't realize how 
he basically brought Napoli and the whole city of Naples, like from relative kind of obscurity and, you know, made it prominent and made it, you know, kind of a destination, I guess, that like people wanted to go and visit. And I didn't really, you know, realize the impact that he had, you know, obviously, you know, about the hand of God. And that was probably the first, you know, memory I have in terms of, you know, my dad talking to me about this game of soccer and, you know, just the impact that, you know, he had on, on basically the world. Yeah. It was kind of ridiculous. And then all the off the field stuff, like getting involved with, you know, the mafia and stuff like that, the Camorra. And I mean, yeah, it's just, he seems like he had a six year career at, in Napoli. And it's crazy because Napoli back then was this kind of, you know, small team that no one really knew about. And now they're, you know, in contention for Scudetto's year in, year out. Um, so it's crazy how different that is. But yeah, he had a six year, six, seven year career there. And, you know, it just seems like he lit, you know, he had the full, he had the full experience, you know, he became a God and then just, you know, everyone started hating him because of, you know, his antics, I guess. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Six years, and it looked like he he played there his whole career at Napoli. Yeah, for like twenty the years. The way, yeah, exactly. The way he's revered and everything. He uh, is a shame, though. But what makes it even more special is Messi hasn't won a World Cup for Argentina. So Maradona is always kind of you know, even mm. though Messi's an incredible club career, if he if he doesn't win the World Cup, I guess in Argentina the Maradona is still going to be valued mm. higher, right? That's what I think. Because, yeah. Uh, and yeah, he hasn't won a Copa America as Messi. Yeah. So yeah, Maradona will always be the the best Argentinian. Yeah, I mean, like that's always like I always think like, man, if if Iguain didn't miss that shot, like if he scored alone, more, more than than Messi. Alone. Sorry. <laughs> you leave Iguain alone. It was his fault. Yeah, but like you yeah, know, you know how you talk about Jonington being a scapegoat for Newcastle. For Christ's sake, the Argentines—it's like they want to put a put a, put a Higuain under a guillotine or something. Just treat him. like it's like the 1800s—the way they treat him. It's, it's unfair. Higuain, listen, it's, the, if it's, if he's so bad, how can he start so with Tevez and Aguero and uh, Lavezzi and Dima? You know all these guys. All right, yeah, it, it, yeah. I, I I hate how they blame Higuain. Higuain's life matters too. All right, hashtag. <laughs> listen when he missed that i was going crazy because i don't want messi doing anything internationally but fucking all right but listen so once barca once a barca rat always a barca rat in my eyes right? that's uh... <laughs> well i think some some people in argentina feel that way as well <laughs> that's why they like tevez because they're like oh tevez he's a rough and tumble argentina through and through Exactly. That Messi, he's not one of their own Argentina. He he went to Europe and uh, they don't they don't value they don't treat him like he's one of their own. The uh, his one... his kids go to a British school in Barcelona, so that's why people are like, oh, Man City. He's gonna go to Man City because his kids go to a British school. Wait, did he did he just wow. recently roll him in British school or they? Uh... I think I don't know. This was an article I read a while ago, but I think I think they just go there. Some like you, prestigious. You school. saw the interview. That Messi did right recently about like why I wanted to leave, and then he said uh, he told his family he wanted out, and uh, apparently they started crying because I don't oh. know I don't know if he said the word Manchester and then they started crying. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but that's that's what I heard. So uh, they probably they probably looked they're like England, really? You want to go to England? And then they burst out crying and they pleaded with his dad mm-hmm. not to leave, and then uh, but yeah, that, that's uh, listen. The bottom line: Maradona over Messi. If Maradona, Pele, those two are right there. And then the rest and the of them are... Level. Ronaldo. Yeah, that's... Uh, 
he says Diego's the best. Yeah. So, because he said Liverpool fans are the greatest. So once he said that, you're you're the best in my eyes. He said after Liverpool's uh, 2005, he said when they were down three nil to Milan uh, at halftime, he heard them singing and all this. He was like, "That's a proper football team right there." So uh, that's uh, he's he's cool. Then then you have these Arsenal fans saying, "Oh yeah, he likes Arsenal." Shut the hell up. Yeah, these guys get confused. Just because he posts a picture with a jersey of Arsenal, they think he's one of their own. Nah, 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 nah. He's just there for publicity. Yeah, when when uh, when Keegan was back at Newcastle briefly, I think he got he got Maradona like show up to in the dressing room. Really? Yeah, yeah. And Gutierrez was there at the time, so Gutierrez was like, "Ah." (laughs) and then of course was that was like I think like two thousand, not two thousand nine, like two thousand like thirteen or something. I forget or two twenty eleven. Anyway, but then the World Cup and Gutierrez was wing back like the whole tournament. And I was like, whoa, it's great. Yeah, I remember that. He was a 2010. Yeah, he... Mar- Maradona really liked him for some reason. You know, so, you know that Argentina team, right? 2010. I thought they were going to win because, the, mm. you know, the crazy thing is they, they had um, Higuain, Tevez, uh, Messi. You know, the, the crazy thing is, you know, the fourth guy on their team who never played a minute was Diego Melito. He just yeah. came off a winning team. He scored two goals in the final. Diego Melito didn't, didn't even see one minute. This guy would have walked into about 30 teams out of 32. If you, you play. And the, the even more crazy thing, Conaguero never made the team. Wow. And this, uh, this was one year shy of his Man City move. It just shows you how stacked Argentina is. It's, uh, every year, every tournament, they're bookie favorites. And these guys are basically England of South America. They, they, <laughs> they, they, they can't. I don't know if they can handle the pressure, or, or uh, because on paper the team is incredible. Yeah. It really is incredible. That's, uh, I don't get it. It's odd. It seems like this is a different conversation, kind of. But Europe seems to be getting even more dominant at these international tournaments, and and like, I mean, when I say South American, like you know, the powers like Brazil, Argentina, they're just not performing as as much. They're not like pushing through these tournaments. You're right. That's uh, who won the last Copa America. I think it was Brazil. They, it was already they won. They won without Neymar even playing. Neymar mm-hmm. got injured, and uh, I remember he had an ankle injury. They they won it without him, and no one even looked close to challenging them. But then when you even look at it, Brazil got beat by Belgium in the World Cup, didn't they? So, yeah. and if you think about it, Brazil would probably get beat by France. They'd probably get beat by Spain. They probably Portugal might give them a run for the. Yeah, you're right. It's um the best. The best South American team is not is not top seven top eight in my opinion uh, yeah that's uh you're right it's gonna uh, most of the most of the south americans are going are uh emigrating to um portugal right yeah. half of them are portuguese now hey uh, Pe- pepe deco remember all these guys <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right we lost we lost nick gill he had to go take a call i guess uh his uh playland is getting a bit busy uh but uh i think that's a good uh you know, wrap up point, I think, you know, we got to yeah. recapped, you know, thrilling Palace Newcastle game, talked a bit about Maradona, did some uh, predictions. Yeah. Um, Come on, Cliftondale. Thanks everybody for listening or not listening. And uh, on next week at some point, we're going to have uh, Christian Hope on. He's our Chelsea correspondent and we'll break down or we'll try our best to break down Tottenham Chelsea, which will hopefully be better than what we predicted it would be. Thanks for listening. Or not.